You alone are a groupie and you enjoy your run Back to take it easy, you're shooting up like a gun Whatever your ability is, it's a place to be So welcome to the world that fun they run community If you're 17, 25, push it in Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Series 9, Episode 1 of the What The Fartlet Podcast. It also happens to be Episode 101. We're releasing it on the ninth, on uh, the date is 1901, and uh, it'll be available from 1am. Um, and as always, we hope to be number one in your hearts. My name's Rob. Oh, that was beautiful, that. And uh, yeah, my name's Matthew. Have you even picked up on the fact that I keep saying one? Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I, I am stupid, but I'm not that stupid, believe it or not. Are you trying not to bite? I'm not biting. No, no. I'm just wondering who we're putting in room 101 this week. I, I think we need to put your calves in room 101, mate. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll uh, we'll get on to that, of course. Um, however, opening segment, as always, Matt, the most fun we have. I'm going to ask you in a moment to tell us exactly what's on the first episode. This mm. brand new, shiny, lovely, wrapped up with a bow series, the What the Fault podcast. But uh, we are not alone. We have a new, well, not, it's not a new face. It's a new face in this context, though. Um, mm. We've got a new editor, haven't we? We've upgraded. We've gone from a little JP to a big mm. JP. John Pickup's here. How are we doing, mate? One has a new job. One does have a new job. You've, you've, you've got, you've, you've been grinding for the last few series away in the background, doing all the dirty work with the guests. And uh, now we're, uh, seeing as how Jack didn't do the editing anyway, we've, uh, we've, we've got you involved, haven't we? Yeah, they're, they're excited to get going, actually. Good. Should we milling around in the background? We'll come to you for the odd bit and bat here and there. And that's pretty much going to be a staple for the series, an extra voice, an extra pal. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to make you look really good, Matt, as well. Don't worry. Oh, thank, oh, thank how, how much are you getting paid? One curly whirly. Oh, that's, that's, no. that's the starting rate. See, you're up to three curly whirly because of long <laughs> service. Um, Matt, why don't, you yes. earn your, why don't you earn your curly whirlies and tell us what's on the show today? Uh, my curly whirly. I've prepped this week because so I've had a long, long period off. So uh, this week we're, gonna, we're talking about what we've been... You said I've had a long period then. Period off, I said. <laughs> like a long period. Instead of a long, I've long period, had a long period off. Like your menstrual say. cycles, your own business. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Elk, tell me about your long period. Come. I said we've had, we've had a long period off. I said is what I said. All right, I get yeah. it. It was a joke. You, you, it's, it's the first. I thought you'd lay off me for the first episode of the new series, but no, on hashtag, it already. Hashtag one mile, Matt. Go on. God, this is all getting cut out, by the way, lads. We've got an editor that's actually interested. Do you remember when Jack used to just put random bits in between segments in because he didn't yeah. listen to his edit? Anyway, <laughs> Matt, what's on the show today? Yeah, we're going to be talking about what we've been up to since the last uh, show, uh, discussing our first official Fartlight family meetup at Rasselbock. Uh, you'll be a buffoon, or is it a baboon, if you miss our chat with Mr. Dirt Monkey, Nick Finney, as he shares his running journey and struggles whilst unknowingly living with an eating disorder. Uh, our favourite part run duo, Bebba, are back, telling us of their travels and reminding us of a part run cup. 
Uh, and then obviously thank yous at the end. And we're, we're not doing roll calls this week because quite frankly we forgot. We did. We forgot to put it in there, <laughs> didn't we? But it's it's good because the uh, the chat with Nick is a longer one. A few mm-hmm. of you in feedback said that you wanted some longer chats because you wanted to felt maybe half an hour is not long enough to get to know people. So we're going to try a bit of a different format out. And of course we can't just take up your entire days. So um uh, so yeah maybe maybe. Not maybe forgetting roll call was done on purpose, Matt. It wasn't. It wasn't done on purpose at all. We absolutely <laughs> forgot. Um, it'll be back. It'll be back next. It'll be back next week. Um. Uh. But yeah, still a packed show and still a fun show. Uh. Let's talk about. I mean, the the elephant in the room. Um. Yes. You prepared that introduction very well, Matt. But well, thank you. I, did you come up with it while you were walking around Rasselbock? <sighs> No, I did it about 20 minutes ago. No, right, okay. Because you did have plenty of time walking. Uh, yeah, yes, all, all right. Are we going straight into this one? Are we not talking about what we've been up to since the last show? Or? Uh, we can do. We can. It's been Marathon Training Block, hasn't it? And, and it, it's difficult because we're going to go into it and we're going to talk about Marathon Training Block mm. and how it's been, but ultimately it's going to end up in utter disappointment for you, isn't it? So <laughs> Yeah, that's, 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 we might as well start with the utter disappointment then, isn't you? I've run a bit and then I, now I can't run a bit. It's, be all and end all of it all. Yeah, you hurt yourself, didn't you? So it was Rasselbock yeah. Ra- 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 on Sunday. It was our first official community meetup of the year, and it was absolutely bloody marvellous for everybody who was there except for one little Ewok who had a frankly awful time. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Probably worth just shouting out um, uh, Eric and the team to start with. Brilliant event. The weather was phenomenal for a January um uh, day we thought it was going to rain we thought it was going to snow we thought it was going to be horrible but part of a bit of wind it was perfect in Sherwood Pines and it was just a wonderful event um Eric's just announced that his 2024 January winter run at Sherwood Pines will be a double header he's doing Saturday and Sunday and I believe that you get like an interlocking medal if you do both days so we're going to wow. try our best to get down to that one it sounds pretty exciting early doors but we had about 25 of our far, like family pals down there. And all in all, it was a wonderful weekend and a great day from a collective perspective. Oh, collective perspective. That was good, wasn't it? Ooh, um, but for you, mate, and I, I'm going to stop taking piss now. Uh, it wasn't ideal, was it? How, how are you feeling? Do you want to tell everyone what happened? Yeah, yeah obviously, we, we all rocked up. Everyone had the goals and aspirations of what they wanted to complete on the day. I wanted to try and get a... 14 miler in or half marathon or whatever the, the distance racked up to for four four laps uh, and uh, we got round what a quarter of the first lap and I don't I wasn't doing anything silly I didn't go out too fast I didn't it weren't particularly trailer the part where it's the, I started getting a bit of a niggle but I took a few steps and there were like a couple of sharp pains in my calf I thought oh that feels a bit funny and then the next couple of steps it got worse and then all of a sudden it just felt like a little bit of a ping in, in my right calf and uh, yeah, to stop, tried stretching it, stretching it out uh, in the in the woods where everyone was taking piss, thinking I was going for a piss or or <laughs> a wild nation story. They didn't um, think it was a piss, mostly because JP was shouting at everyone saying you were doing a shit. <laughs> yeah, we are the worst people to be around <laughs> when that happens, aren't we? No sympathy whatsoever. You know what? I just point something out, Matt. You know, once we left you. 
Mm. JP and I were very worried and we were very, we were very sympathetic. We were like, I really hope he's okay. But I only realized now that none of the sympathy that I displayed through the course of the day was done to your face. When you were there, I was like, you're a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, which culminated when we sitting on a fucking toadstool where everyone pointed at me <laughs> and your son, son shouted, oh mama, oh mama. That was funny though. To give Harry his That's the highlight of my year so far. Isn't <laughs> that, right? I mean, I don't, we are only 19 days into it, but it is pretty, pretty good start. Um, how, how are you feeling now, more importantly, mate? Uh, yeah, I, it's, I cycled to work uh, this morning. Um, maybe I should be resting it, but I've got no other means of transport because Donna takes a car. Uh, and it felt okay. Uh, and I cycled back and it felt fine. Um, I, I rested it and iced it on the uh, on the evening um, of Rasselbach. So yeah, fingers crossed. I'll have a, I'll have a week or so off, and uh, and then try plodding on and, uh, and getting back into uh, marathon training. It might be a bit of a stretch, like, but uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Can I tell you so so basically, you you're actually dr- over dramatizing the whole thing. Yeah, like. <laughs> no, it, 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 I you you guys know me. I won't stop even if I've got a little niggle. I'll carry on and I'll go to breaking so for me to stop it takes quite a lot um and yeah it's it, it stopped me in my tracks and i was hobbling around the uh the the um event area uh watching you guys coming in and doing your laps which was amazing to see lots of people smashing their runs and, and getting the some big mileage in as well so uh, that was good to see i didn't see that side of it last time we did wrestle box so uh, yeah awesome awesome to watch that Joe was my favourite bit about about the whole, probably the whole day, not just, I, I was going to say, Joe, my favourite bit was about you being injured, but that sounds pretty heartless. Mm. Um, my favourite bit about the day was, uh, JP and I obviously stuck with you for about three or four minutes, didn't we? And a couple yeah. of fart, like family people kind of came through. They were running and checked if mm. you were okay. Yeah. And then Julie, Julie, Julie walked, was walking at the point yeah. that um, uh, she got to, 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 to where we were. And so I said, you know, and, you know, Auntie Julie, Julie's a proper grown up, isn't she? So I was like, Julie, will you look after Matt? Because he's, he's broken and, and just make sure he's OK. And she went, yeah, yeah, no problem. And <laughs> so JP and I set off and we finished our lap. And then mm. we decided before we set off again, we were going to wait to make sure you got in OK. And mm. people from the Fartlight family kept coming past. And we were like, well, when, when did you go past Matt? They're like, oh, like two miles ago, oh, like one and a half miles ago, oh, like one mile ago. It's like, all right, it'll be here soon. And then Julie comes past and you're not with her. And I was like, I went up to her and went, Julie, where's Matt? And she went, I won't fucking wait for him. I've got like 10 laps to do. <laughs> Cold-blooded. I was like, love it. Love it. Just left with the See you later, Matt. Yeah. You're, you're a passenger on this journey and we can't afford them. A few, a few people did that. <laughs> they walked with me for a while and they were like, oh, right, I'm going to have to go now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you do me nothing now. Um, I got, that's what I got, last I, got la- I got lapped as well. I got lapped on the run Ugh. by Pete and Mike. Yes, yes, yeah, by me. Pete and Mike. And um, you came last as well. Let's not forget. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <laughs> Just, bring fucking Jack back as any old, yeah. <laughs> you did come last. You beat you beat the people who didn't show up. <laughs> oh dear, yes, I, I, yeah, beat beat the people that were left on the couch. Yes, I did. All in all, totally unsuccessful. Yes, yes. But a successful uh, Far Lake family meetup, I'd say. Very successful. And bring on the next one. We've got some. Uh, we've got the Park Run Cup starting soon, which we'll talk about in a moment. I'm sure that will bring some smaller Park Run uh, meetups 
And then we've got the marathons in April. Um, thinking mostly Manchester. London's a tough one to navigate from a meetup perspective because it's so vast. But Manchester will will make things happen. Um, there we go. That's your Rasselbox story. Anything else from Rasselbox that stands out, Matt? Or is that is is your awful experience pretty much summarised there? No, just good to see people in the in the new merch, the new hoodies. Uh, they they look mm. uh, boss. So uh, that's 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 all for me, I think. Very good. Um, and that's that. That's that's pretty much what we've been up to, isn't it? Um, I, on the other hand, am actually thanks for asking, Matt. Um, uh, my my run is going quite well. Um, I don't want to know about your running. I feel just... <laughs> yeah, well, I'm wor- I'm worried because you're my accountability buddy, and now you mm. hop along over there. I don't I don't know. I'm I don't know what I'm going to do, but yep, yeah, um, I'm on week three of plan and it's going pretty well. I've not missed the run yet and I'm enjoying it. That's the end of that chapter. Thanks, mate. Um, right. So uh, we right. So the next thing we've got to do is we have a Statman John segment, right? We've not planned a Statman John segment in any way, shape or form. We've got no idea what Statman John wants to do this series, what Statman John's been up to. What's that man John is all about at the moment? Ever since the cliffhanger of the end of series eight, of episode 100, we're not quite sure. However, I do believe, Mr. Pickup, that SMJ has sent you some kind of audio clip. Is that correct? Yeah, um, he has. And there's a, there's a vicious rumour going around that he's actually going to come back into the studio at some point, I think. Yes, I do believe so. Well, to be honest, I thought he was going to come back in this week, but he's decided to send you an audio clip instead. So he's been busy. Figure that he's always busy. Um, Matt, where's your where's your mum been lately? <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> no, that joke's over. I'm sorry, we're not bringing that back for another series. That is no, good. that is done. We'll put that to bed, haven't we? Just like that man John puts your mum to bed. Um, right, okay, JP. <laughs> Roll the clip and let's have a listen to what SMJ's been up to. Hello, lads. Hello, ladies. Hello, Emma. <laughs> oh, really apologise. I'm not there this week. Uh, as you know, I've been flown over to uh, South Africa to launch uh, Love Island. I am the new host. Um, well, I, I actually stand next to the new host in camouflage, so try and spot me. Anyway, uh, new series, fantastic, and what a way to start it. A uh, man with a big old erect spine. Um, so what I thought I'd do is, um, some of you have been sending me good news stories, so I'm going to read them out um, and see what we think. So this first one is sent by at Kirsty underscore runs. Um, this is from this week, good news story. Right, I've not read this, so let's give it a go. A woman has claimed her pet rat saved her life after it stopped her house going into flames. Oh, my God. Caroline Davis says her rodent, Ratty, sprang into action when she dropped a lit cigarette as she slept. (gasps) The cigarette landed on her dressing gown. It was burning a hole while the mother of two dozed, she claims. Caroline says her rat must have spotted the danger and picked up the cigarette before moving it to a non-flammable surface. Oh my God, that's fantastic. And then we've got Aldi Cleanser SPF. Oh no, that last bit must be a shopping lift. Anyway, 
So, gee, wow, Ratty, save the mother of two. That is a fantastic good news story at Kirsty underscore runs. Thank you so much for sending that in. Um, oh, what, we're ready to shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just oiling up the abs. That's it. All right, lads, I'll be over, I'll be over. Um, right, I'll tell, uh, let me leave you for, uh, with a quote for the week. Uh, keep sending in those good news stories as well, and maybe I'll read yours out. So, quote for this week. All I want you to do... If you fill 107 hula hoop holes with other chewed hula hoops, fortune will come your way. Fantastic. I've got to go, lads. See you later. Emma, call me. I'm going to be completely honest. That didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, Matt. No, I I thought it was going to be like last season, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about him. No, I was just going to say, is he all right? He, yeah, I think we need. I think, I think we need to get him back in the studio. That was a little bit peculiar. Yeah, and I, I, and I, I ha- do story though. Honestly, I highly doubt that Kirsty actually sent him that. If I'm being completely honest, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to break the fourth wall and the mystical <laughs> illusion, but I've got some serious doubts that that actually has been sent to him by Kirsty. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm worried about it. Let's get JP sorted out. We need to get him on. We need to get him on next week and find out what's going on. We need to dig into the psyche of Statman John. Yeah, I'll dig into the inner circle and find him. <laughs> we need to go back on mute, sir. Um, <laughs> right. So now that's done, um, and I'm questioning my life choices. Uh, we've got an interview with Matt. We have. Yes, yes. He was there at Rasselbock. Uh, we all know him as a, as a as a good pal as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I've I've not listened to it. I can't wait to listen to it. Uh, he's like I say, he's a good good friend and a OG Fort Lake family member. Down since day one. Mm. Um, yeah, Nick Finney is our chat today. Two big segments to this story guys just to give you the heads up we're going to talk running and we're going to stick to our normal formula as Nick's going to talk us through some of his favorite running experiences in the first half of the chat but the second half we are going to go off piece a little bit we're going to change the dynamic a little bit we're going to talk about something that Nick was very keen to talk about that he's very passionate about sharing his story of um, that he's very passionate about the idea of hopefully helping somebody who might be able to relate to it. Uh, we're going to talk about um, Nick living through um, and, and dealing with and, and, and coming back from um, an eating disorder, um, which as a man, particularly a man with no offence intended of Nick's age, is uh, is, is a really important message, I think. And, and I'm sure you're all going to agree. So um, settle down, buckle in. Grab a couple of tissues. One of the best blokes I know in the whole wide world. Let's uh, let's go and have a chat with Mr. Nick Finney. JP, roll that audio. Now then, you lot. Series 9 is underway and you know what that means. You're staring down the barrel of 10 new episodes with 10 new guests and 10 amazing new stories. And as has become something of a custom with our series openers, we are kicking off with family, a true what the fart like OG. 
a runner since 2017 when his glass knee ruined his footballing career. My guest today is a parkrun addict who places pals above pace, exploring the world of running for its social, physical and mental health benefits as much as PBs and times. He's also a published author who in his close to 50 years has overcome some big obstacles, trials, tribulations, scars, the bumps behind and the bumps ahead available on Amazon now. We're going to cover as much of it as we can, so join me in welcoming the dirtiest monkey I know, but more importantly, my friend, Mr. Nick Finney is here. Nick, how are we doing, mate? Hello, Rob. I'm doing brilliantly. Thank you very much for asking. Thank you for having me on. You are very, very welcome. A lot of pressure, though, sir. Series opener. It was Neil Marshall last series. Can we can we top the Geordie Vunderkind? The man in black. Well, I will try my best, but that's a, a tall ask. A very tall ask. Um, he's a tall man as well. Anyway, right, let's get into it. We've got so much to talk about, mate. Um, I mentioned it briefly in the bio, in the in, in, in the intro, but there's loads I want to get to today. I want to talk about running. Of course, I do running podcast. I want to talk about community. I want to talk about the social side of things. I want to talk about fat, like family because you've been a massive part of it since day dot. But I also want to talk about your story in more detail and in whatever level of depth that you're comfortable talking about it. You've been through an awful lot, personal family life um, in your in your years on this earth. So let's get into it, shall we, my friend? Um, let's start with, with, with running. Tell me about how running kind of became a part of your life. Well, to begin with, running was the last thing I wanted to ever do. I, I loved sport in general. Playing football was my my thing. And I, I always sort of used to think about people that ran, like, why would you run if you weren't chasing a football? It made absolutely no sense to me at all. And I was really put off it even more at an early age. I think it was about 12 or 13 I was at school. And I'd been asked to take part for, uh, for our form in the sports day. And I was doing the 800 metres and I, I could run. But I had no idea what I was doing and I started off sort of sprinting after about 200 metres, ran out of puff. I, I had asthma at the time as well, so I got wheezy. Then I sort of went to walking pace and embarrassingly, I was lapped in a two lap race, 800 metres. And they were I was still going round when the next race was about to start and they just sort of dragged me off the track. And it, it was it really <laughs> the fact that I remember it sort of 38 years on is quite. You know, it marked me and it really did put me off running completely. So I was I was well out of it, you know, stayed out of that side of things for quite a long time and just kept to football. And um, how, how, how long? Well, I was going to say before we get into kind of like when running then reared its head again. Talk to me about the sport in like all footy then all through kind of like adolescence and then young adult life and Sunday league, was it? Yeah, it was I, when I was youngster, I'd be down the park virtually every every minute I could be down the park with my brothers and my friends. And we just play football with anyone who wanted to play against us. Then when I was old enough, I joined a, a Saturday team, um, E-Bogs, East Barnet, Old Grammarians. And I played there for about 25 years, very unsuccessfully, I may add. Um, <laughs> I've got about three trophies for, for all of that time and as much as I love playing I wasn't particularly good at it and I kept injuring myself I I damaged my ACL when I was still at school in sixth form Uh, but I didn't know it at the time because ACLs didn't exist until Gaza uh, smashed his Mm. 
and and then I did it maybe three or four times over the next decade or so and then the last time I did it was 2008 I was playing in a game on Boxing Day I just went up for a header and I heard this popping sound and that was my cruciate ligament snapping completely and it my knee ballooned up straight away I was fortunate that I had um, some medical insurance through work and I was in on I think the 2nd of January so a week later and I had uh, cruciate ligament reconstruction and at the time the the guys that did the surgery said there's there's quite sort of bad signs that you've, you've got a fair bit of arthritis in the knee as well so that didn't bode very well but I, I kept on playing very badly I came back sort of a year later and and I kept trying to play and every year I, I play less and less games and the time it took me to recover between games was getting longer to the point where 2017 if I played on the Saturday I'd still be I couldn't walk Sunday Monday Tuesday I might have to get back in the gym and, and get on the cross trainer but by Thursday Friday I'd just start to feel all right and then I'd go and damage myself again so it, it was just it just got unbearable at that point and that's when I'm guessing that the difficult decision was made right maybe maybe I need to hang up the boots and try something else yes yeah it was difficult for me it wasn't so difficult for my teammates they were happy to see the back of me <laughs> hey I, I remember you playing at the what the fuck like you're being a bit yeah. too harsh on yourself even with the glass knee um so why, why running then why, why was running the replacement well when you do something like football you obviously you've you've played yourself you get that that buzz of the sport and the the, uh, the physicality of it the, the exercise the camaraderie of, of playing with your mates and the sort of yeah just the sort of contest of it and a couple of months with not playing football I, I really began to miss you know what can I replace this with and the actual the first time I got involved with running was the the kids school their primary school they were doing a sponsored run for the the mayor of Enfield he, every year he does a, a runs a sort of run through a local park and the school were asking for parents to volunteer to do this run and there, there was a, a 3k or a 10k now to me a 10k was like that that's a marathon I'm not yeah. getting anywhere near that that sounds awful so the kids were doing the 3k and I was like I'll, I'll go in with them um might which, win. <laughs> well, that, I, I did think that 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 thought quickly sort of disappeared once we started running and all these seven and eight year olds just blasted past me but I, I remember doing it and I started at the back with Lily my daughter and she went about 200 yards and decided I'm not doing this and sod it and, and disappeared so I, I then just sort of thought well I might as well finish it now and I, I managed to overtake a few of these kids Mm, and mm, I, I think that, I did it in that. about 14 minutes or something like that and I thought oh that's that was all right and at the end of it I got a banana a bottle of water and a medal and as I say given I only got three medals in 25 years of football I thought right, I've done one run and they've given me a medal for it this is great okay so you've got the bug tell me where where, where it goes from there then how does it progress is is parkrun on the horizon at this stage yes although I had no idea about parkrun at the time so the, this particular run was in the summer of 2017 and I, I did it and then I was I was sort of thinking well I quite like doing this this running lark and then someone mentioned to me well why don't you go to parkrun I had no idea what it was I had seen 
the park runs local to me because I'd, I'd been in the park at nine o'clock on a Saturday and I'd seen loads of people running around, but I assumed it was some sort of organised race. So it was the October uh, that year. We we used to spend quite a lot of time in Margate because my mother-in-law lived or lived down there. She's she moved back to Enfield now, but we um we went down one weekend the, the end of October and I thought right I'm going to go to this park run Malarkey. So I found out where it was. I, I printed my barcode. I uh, I went down there at sort of half eight on the morning with my barcode. Went up to the first volunteer I saw and said, "Who do I give this to?" Uh, no total total novice, not knowing what to do. And I, can, I, can, so... I can I can I can see Ben face palming now. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they they were so nice and kind. They were like happy to have a new new park runner come along. I, I went to the you know, they said we've got the first time timers briefing. Uh, in a bit so I went and listened to that I got a round of applause just for turning up which was great and then doing the the run itself was just fantastic it was it was a fairly warm day it's it's along a seafront as well being at Margate so it can get quite blustery at times but I absolutely loved it and I I I suppose I thought if I finish it I'll be happy but I finished in sort of I don't know 30 out of 100 people there so I thought oh I'm really good at this and I, that that was it. I was hooked after that. And we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on partner as we go. But tell me about um, then progressing to races because you then moved into 10k's half marathons, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. They, I suppose once I got that park run bug, uh, as as most most of your guests you, you've had on have gone along the same path. You start with a 5k, then it's natural. You, next thing is well, what's what's next? Oh, 10k. So. I started signing up for 10Ks, but I, I wasn't doing any local ones. I just went, what well, you know, searched online and at you, you, top of Google, you'll find the, the big ones. So it was like the Adidas city runs, which were uh, London based ones, the ASICS 10K uh, Vitality. So I, I signed up to loads of these things and I really did get a massive kick from them. You know, the crowd and the the sort of competition and, and people cheering you and shouting your name and stuff and it, it's just absolutely fantastic that that buzz that you got from a, a big event so let's segue a little bit at this stage now you, you you're progressing with your your running journey getting into 10ks getting to the half marathons i know that you um uh, nebworth half was that the first one november 2018 Yes, yes. So obviously yeah. going on from the 10, 10Ks, yeah. what could yeah. I do next? And we'd, we'd at, I was actually at a 10K with a friend of mine, um, Enza, and she'd she'd said to me, I've, I've booked to do the Nebworth half, but she was she was due an operation and it was coming up sort of a month beforehand. So she said, I'm not going to have to run it. Do you want to take my, my place? Um, and we were in the pub after this this 10k we'd done, so I'd had a couple of Guinnesses and thought, yeah, I could do that easy. Mm-hmm. And um, I, yeah, I took it on. And then I people started saying, so you can't just turn up for a half marathon; you have to do a bit of training. Whereas the five and 10k's, I was was fit enough still to just sort of go and knock one of those out. That, that sounds really awful, but <laughs> just quickly move on. Um, so yeah, going trying to look at how to do a bit of training for this so I thought well I never really follow training plans or anything like that so I just thought well if I run to park run do park run run back that's about nine ten miles I'll build up to that a couple of weeks before the the race 
and I started as I started doing the miles once I got beyond 10ks and I was trying to do that do this sort of seven eight nine miles fairly regularly I began to realize ouch my my knee started to sort of tell me it didn't like this and I remember one day about three weeks before the race the, the half and I'd done this park run sandwich which was just over 10 miles and it was it was cold it was miserable I, I was absolutely frozen apart from my knee which was on fire and I had to sort of hold back to the the house and I had to try and get an ice pack out and put it on on my knee and I was thinking I don't think I'm going to have to do this this is just awful and I I thought, oh, it's another sport I've managed to ruin with my my dodgy knee but um sort of in typical Matt Taylor fashion I, I thought right I better taper now and just stopped running <laughs> the last three weeks I didn't didn't do a thing um I turned up on the day and I was I was so nervous it was get goosebumps just sort of thinking about it now but it was it was such a it was a gorgeous day it was really it was cold but it was sunny and sort of misty and uh, you've obviously seen Nebworth on the telly when um, Oasis or Liam Gallagher have done it it's it's really imposing building um, and grounds so I got on the start line I had a a podcast Tim Lovejoy podcast that was about two hours long which I've been saving I thought if I can get round before the end credits come up on this podcast I'll have I'll be happy with that and went round and it was it was just great I just I forgot I was running after a while I just got into the podcast just listening to to Tim Lovejoy and John Lloyd it was actually and before I knew it I was I looked at my watch and I was at 157 I was coming up the final hill and I thought oh it's fantastic and I did it in uh yeah 157 and I was I, yeah, very emotional at the end I just broke down crying understandably so as well it's it's a great achievement I think especially with the concerns that you had and and that has curtailed you over the longer distances I know we'll, we'll we'll touch on some more recent stuff in in a minute but it's kind of it kind of dampened or, or put an end to any dreams of a marathon or anything like that didn't it because of because of the knee so that kind of achievement just holds so much weight to to have got through it given the the old knee problems yes yeah I, I, it was I was really pleased to have done it but then it, it you know a couple of days later I was hobbling around I thought that's mm. I'm never going to be able to go beyond beyond this distance and certainly not with the training involved as well it, it just wasn't going to happen and, and you just think well when I when I see you guys doing your your marathon block training and stuff, I just think Christ you, you 15 16 20 miles at a time it's oh it mm. It, I can feel the arthritis creeping in. Even <laughs> just thinking about it, it's not just the one run, is it? That's the point, I think. Yes, um, yes. Okay, so let's segue. Let's talk about in whatever level of detail you're comfortable doing. So mm-hmm. you, you're talking about things happening around kind of like the 2018 into 2019 period. We're still pre-COVID, um, but that's kind of like the formative years of your running journey. Now. On the surface, we've got great experiences. You've got park run, you're loving it. You've had this amazing experience at half marathon. You're loving your 10Ks. Life to the outsider might look good, rosy. There's a lot bubbling underneath, isn't there? Yes, yeah. There was sort of 2018, 2019, there were two sort of major issues going on um, that were very stressful and they were coinciding and, and working 
together to cause me a, a lot of angst at that time. So firstly, my company had merged with a another business in 2016, but it, it started off as a merger. It quickly became more of a, a takeover on their mm. part. And I'd been there for over 20 years and I'd, I'd managed to con my way from working in the warehouse up to being a, a director. Um, but as as this other company was sort of forcing their way and their you know their way of doing everything and, and you know your, our way or the highway kind of thing, I was being forced out along with the the rest of the directors of of the business and I was I was the last one to sort of um, stick it out really. Um, the the main sort of difficult issue was the. the the business has always been based in Enfield where I live, so I could always walk to work. Now in 2017, the the new sort of regime picked it up and relocated it to a place called Bourne in Lincolnshire. So that's door to door for me, it was just about hundred miles. And um, because I was, I suppose it was being gaslighted at the time, they, they said to me, well, you need to be in the office th- at least three or four days a week, because I, I still had a team up there. And as you can imagine, a you know, 200 mile round trip every day is not really practical. So I ended up having to live part of the week in a hotel. I basically became Bourne's equivalent to Alan Partridge. <laughs> Which I can imagine as well. Yes. Yeah. Because Bourne is not a very big place at all. It, it only had two hotels. And the other hotel was where lots of the the um, people from the other part of the business stayed. So I didn't particularly want to stay with them. So. I was in this hotel called the Angel, which was very Partridge-like. They, they, um, I didn't, I didn't go as far as having my own plate, but I was pretty much sort of <laughs> close to that. I had my own room that they'd always try and put me in. Um, but anyway, so that, that was one side of things. Then on the the other side, I had my my daughter Lily was having a, a difficult time. She's got lots of um, mental health issues, and uh, she'd. 20, 2018 was her last year of primary school and uh, she didn't do very well that year. She was suspended for most of it just because of her, her meltdowns and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And so it had had all that going on at the, the sort of early part of the year. But then we had the summer and she was transitioning to, to secondary school. Um, she lasted three weeks at secondary school before they excluded her permanently because uh, she was basically a health and safety issue um if she had a meltdown then maybe five or six classrooms around the area that she was in would all have to be evacuated and i'd i'd be getting phone calls and and someone would have to go down the the school and talk her down and and bring her home and as you can imagine if i was 200 or 100 miles away i'm getting phone calls i'm having to phone my dad or you know whoever's available to try and get into into the school to sort of help her so she she was excluded um and then we had a period of time of about two months where she wasn't in education at all she was just at home and and then even when she did get into the school that she's at now which is absolutely brilliant there was a, a long period of her rebelling against it and obviously it is a specialist school so all the other children there have got similar needs to to Lily so it's as as much as it's helpful it it also created a lot of problems as well because she made new friendship groups with people that are very very 
sort of troubled and challenged. So we just used to, just used to have nonstop trouble. And say so I was trying to manage that remotely and it, it became sort of a, a perfect storm, really. And how does that and again, you know, t- talk to me, whatever level of detail you mm. feel comfortable, how how are you feeling? What's your headspace when you're sat in that hotel room, 100 miles away from home, and you know you've had to lean on family members, you know you're not there to to to, to rectify or, or, or to pacify or whatever the situation might be to help Lily? What's your headspace? Where are you at? It's, it's really awful. It just feels like having a permanent headache is how I would describe it, or, or just pressure behind your your eyeballs kind of thing, because it was basically whatever I did, wherever I went, it was it was there. It's not like if you had a crap job, you could come home at the end of the, the day and just go, right, that's it, forget about that till tomorrow. Because mm-hmm. as soon as I left my crap job, I'd have crap issues at home or, or you know, at school or wherever it was. So you just couldn't get away from it at all. It was there, you know, during the week when I was working, in Bourne, it was there when I came home. It was there at weekends. Um, you know, if if Lily wasn't causing trouble at school, it'd be at home. I'd get a phone call saying, "Oh, she she just smashed the living room door off its hinges," or you know, all the plasters come off around the wall from her bedroom because she slammed the door so hard. And it, um, so when I when I did come back from being in Bourne, I'd be you know dealing with issues at home or doing some serious DIY as well okay so what happens then so how so so the headspace isn't good and Mm. I I can absolutely almost feel through the conversation that kind of almost like that weight that's on your shoulders that's pressing on you constantly of of not having a relief not having an exit strategy not having um uh, a, a coping mechanism almost because it's constant tell me what it did to you how, how did that start then manifesting into problems for yourself yeah well I'm, I'm not sure how it evolved um but i when i was at the hotel i i never used to eat lots or still don't now for for breakfast but when i was at the hotel i started thinking right so i'm gonna have a fry out for breakfast like, like every day every day i was there and I'd, I'd absolutely stuff myself. And because I was the Alan Partridge, the, the staff there would give me extras of everything. Mm. I'd, I'd overeat in the morning. Then I'd, I'd just feel really guilty. And then I wouldn't eat for the rest of the day. Or I'd buy a you know three pound Tesco value meal. And I'd make that last me the rest of the day. I'd have half of it at lunch and the other half at, at night. Um, so that, you know, that's really unhealthy as it was. But then from there... I don't know how that how it happened, but my I had these breakfasts in the morning. Then my brain would go, "You're going to be sick," and so I'd go upstairs and I'd be sick. And the the strange thing was, I I know what it was now. It was binge eating and it was bulimia. But at the time, my brain managed to tell me, "Well, you're not bulimic because you're not putting your hands down your throat. You're you feel sick and you're being sick." And that that was you know bizarre and it. At first, it was just once or twice it would happen, but then it became like the routine. Every morning I was in that hotel, have my massive fry up, be sick, go out, hardly eat anything for the rest of the day. Mm. Is there a stigma? Is it, do you think that maybe part of the 
the wool that was pulled over your eyes was associating a word like bulimia with something that might affect you as a man very very much so yeah it's when you hear about bulimia and eating disorders so well someone of, of my age as you you kindly pointed out earlier i'm, I'm almost <laughs> sorry uh, for yeah for someone of my age you you think for me it was princess diana or teenage girls mm. that's who had bulimia men didn't suffer from that sort of thing so i didn't have it i was just i was just sick and to to extent i even managed to convince my dentist that it was acid reflux because I, I had a shock at one point this probably after about six to nine months of doing this i went to the the dentist and she said to me christ the back of your teeth what have you have you been drinking acid or something because mm. because i'm constantly making myself sick and all the the acid from my stomach was coming out sorry if you anyone's eating their dinner listening to you but that was damaging the the enamel on the back of my teeth and i i said to her well, i do feel sick sometimes and she she just said oh, it's acid reflux so that reinforced to me that i wasn't suffering from any sort of eating mm. disorder it was just a, a medical condition but yes and it's to to actually sort of come out and go yeah I was bulimic or am is is quite you know is quite difficult as a, a male and it is it's also something that similar to sort of being an alcoholic you can't say well I was a bulimic because it can come back and it does sometimes um, every now and then I will have that feeling I've eaten too much and I'm not it's hard to say I'm not making myself sick I'm not putting my fingers down my throat but I can sort of use mind tricks to just make myself sick wow. so uh, it it will it does rear its head now and then but it's yeah it was it's just really sort of frightening to to come to terms with it and say yeah I've got an issue here because I did I suppose because everything around me was so chaotic at that point in time I thought I don't know maybe like my my weight was something I began to sort of focus on of and fixate on and I thought right that's everything else is this sea of chaos but I can control my weight that's one thing I can do and that's how I'm going to do it I'm going to make myself sick <clears throat> and and thank you so much for opening up and, and talking about it and I think it's super important particularly given that you're a man talking about an eating disorder we had the, the amazing Kevin Dara on all the way back in <clears throat> was it series one I think um, speaking similarly of, of experiences, and I think the more that we do talk about it, the more we reduce that stigma. But thinking about the fact that at the time in your 40s, you're a man, you mentioned yourself about Princess Diana, teenage mm. girls. That's what you associate bulimia with. That's not You're not the only person in the world who's going to have that preconception. So I would imagine, and you mentioned it with the dentist, and it's a great example of, of the point I'm about to make. Nobody else is looking out for it in you either, are they? No, nobody else. Nobody else is suspecting that because there is still that expectation in the world of what categorizes somebody who has an eating disorder. Mm. How did you come to the realization? How did you progress forward? Tell me about the, the journey towards self-realization and, and, and subsequently rectification. Yeah, it's I suppose there were two things. Firstly, the, the the incident with the dentist did scare me quite a bit because I thought I then started to look at what else could happen and it you know you were putting strain on your heart and your your vital organs if you're being sick as as often I, as I was 
um, and then obviously the dietary side of things wasn't wasn't great. Um, so I I found an online help uh, online helpline called Beat so Beat Eating Disorders uh, because I I just couldn't go to the doctor about it. I just was ashamed basically. Mm. So I I found these people online and it was you could email them. Um, or you could you could go on to a, a phone call with with someone that's sort of like the Samaritans and that they wouldn't judge you. They wouldn't ask you for your details or or try and track you down or anything like that, unless they thought you were in serious danger of you know, killing yourself. And that that really helped just to have someone to talk to about it that wouldn't judge me. I, I suppose because I've always been quite thin throughout my life. I've. I mean, my nickname at the football club is Skinny Finney, <laughs> and that that sort of thing. Although it, it, I try not let it bother me. I suppose that subconsciously was in my mind as well, and I'm like, I don't want to get fat because all, all these, all these other people like mock him and everything. And I thought, no, I I, I quite like my, you know, I quite like being slim, and then the. Th- for some reason, I was fixed. That if I kept carry on like this, I'm going to get really overweight, and that wasn't going to happen. But in my brain, that's what I thought was going to happen. Um, and to talk to someone who doesn't know you, to who can just then talk rationally to you and explain to you that isn't going to happen because you're you are fit, you're doing exercise. You just need to sort of think about what you're eating, eat more slowly, chew your food, or you know, all sort of simple things really you know, drink water if you if you feel like you're going to go on a binge and then purge it all just have a pint of water first because and then wait five minutes and then you're not as as hungry so it's, it was just simple advice from them um along with a bit of sort of uh, determination i suppose from myself thinking that no, you have to pull yourself together because this is this is getting bad now you can't keep doing this all the time yeah uh really really important message i think because uh the comment you made about the skepticism the fear almost of going to see a medical professional i don't think is specific to you and i don't think is specific to the condition that you are living with i think that from a mental and a physical health perspective there is often a real fear of of speaking to a medical professional and a lot of people are under the impression that that is the only way to progress to to get better if you want to brand it so broadly knowing about not just the ability to speak to the kind of charities that are out there like beat like the samaritans who you referenced but also the value of confiding in friends and speaking to people um that that that, that you care about and that you trust there are different avenues that you can take to progress through your journey. And I think it's a really important and valuable message to anyone out there who might be struggling, but thinking, you know what, I can't go to a doctor because that's that's too official. That's that's too much. Um, so thank you for that. Um, how do we remove from there? So so you speak into B, you've started to get some coping mechanisms. Running is helping as well. Yeah, I'd, when I was sort of thinking through this prior to, to our, our chat now, if it hadn't been for running or that my ability to run, this would have got a lot worse because when I was in the hotel, the, uh, well, well, when I was in Enfield, I'd go to the gym most days during the week. So I had that and I had my park runs 
and 10Ks and what have you at the, the weekend. So I would be exercising every day. But Bourne is such a little town. They only had one gym and it didn't used to open until after we'd actually started started work for the day. And then it would be closing at about sort of half six. So I'd, I'd never get a chance to, to go and go and do the exercise then. So I started to you know take my running stuff with me um, at the start of the week when I was, was driving down there. And it, that became my sort of solace and, and way of protecting myself, really, and, and giving myself a bit of headspace. And I would I would go out pretty much every morning before breakfast. I'd, I'd be up at sort of six in the morning. I'd go and do a, a 5K. And more often than not, I'd go out in the evenings as well and, and do sort of similar again. And I was, I was having a, a look back through my Instagram um, earlier today at that time period. And there's so many, you know, despite it being an awful time, there's so many great pictures of, uh, you know, because it's in the, the Fenlands, um, it's all farmland around the, the town itself. And I had some brilliant pictures of, you know, sunrises and sunsets and you know, cornfields and things. And the, the runs were really quite beautiful at times. And that used to give me, a, you know, a bit of um, time to myself away from everything, just about to sort of calm myself down. And it, it also, from the, the mental health side of things, it would reassure me, yeah, you are exercising, so you don't need to mm. keep you know, or stopping yourself from eating or, or making yourself sit because you're doing the exercise, you're burning the calories. Yeah. Another area where you've got some control, I guess, so you don't have to focus so solely in on, on, on the eating. Um, so you've talked about recognising, you've talked about speaking to beat, you've talked about running. I know that the journey then progresses in the sense of um, you 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 left your job ultimately that was causing this hardship and 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 open a new chapter from a professional perspective. I know that ultimately as well you're going to get involved in the running community and the fact like family that's going to open up some um uh, some other doors and some other opportunities and some friendships as well. The one thing I do want to say though is that there's lots of steps in this journey is is what I'm observing. Do you think that that compartmentalization, that um, not looking too far up the mountain, just at the immediate little climb in front of you, is important in recovery from a condition like yours so as not to overwhelm yourself? Yes. Yeah, it's you have to just take it, you know, small steps, really. And that came you know, initially through. When, when I was still living in the in the hotel, it, it just became my trying to not eat so much in the mornings and and calm myself down. But it re- really sort of I was able to break away from it when I left the job because, uh, unfortunate or otherwise, timing. Um, I left my job or my last day at work was the 30th of March 2020, but we went into lockdown the week beforehand, so. I went from working into lockdown basically, and that was it. That really did help because I couldn't go anywhere or do anything. Yeah, yeah. So you you were at home. You were suddenly the the distance wasn't there, which of course was one of the big causal factors, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and it collapsed both both issues down because the work issue had just gone, and I'd managed to conclude that satisfactorily. But it also, Lily was now at school she was a lot calmer but she was also working from like being schooled from home as well so we could manage her and she wasn't going out and getting into trouble 
and so everything kind of calmed down to the point where I will I look at um, lockdown with a, a sort of level of fondness. <laughs> It's, it's it's so interesting isn't it because lockdown was such a different experience for so many people and you tag it automatically with this negativity because the world was closed and we weren't able to see loved ones and so many bad experiences for people but there were genuinely scenarios instances um situations were in a weird way it it, it helped a lot of people didn't it yes yeah it, i think i suppose i just felt safe really in the sense that couldn't go anywhere the weather was really nice bizarrely when you couldn't go anywhere yeah lockdown, so I, I, lockdown one was a dream wasn't it and like yeah, the weather, oh, yeah. awesome um but i yeah i got into a routine so having having had all that stress and everything it all seemed to lift away from me and i had my what well, i was writing at the time i do my joe wicks workouts you know, PE with Joe in the morning at nine o'clock religiously. And then I'd use my hour exercise. I'd, I'd either go on a run or I'd go for a walk. And I, f- I found all these new places. Well, they weren't new. They, they were always there, but un- undiscovered places around near where I live because we we're, were on the edge of a green belt area. And so, so it was I, this new routine I built didn't involve any stress at all, really. And it was, it was just total sort of flip from the, the previous couple of years yeah um so how does that then as we come out of lockdown or even i guess during lockdown Mm. running community becomes something that's quite important to you doesn't it yes yeah well again that was something that really helped during during lockdown was i joined a um a little group online which was through instagram um through a mate called lee brown and he's a he was a a Brooks runner at the time I knew, I knew him through football we're both both Spurs fans for our, our sins mm. and um, he was doing a, a run happy relay which basically involved taking a banana out um, we didn't I take remember, the banana. I remember <laughs> the bananas bloody Brooks yes so we, we'd do these little videos of handing the banana over to the next person who was doing the run and then you you pretend you caught it from the person who'd just previously done the run and, and lee would pull all these videos together at the end of the day we had we had rotors it was very very professional um so we had a running rotor we'd have to we knew who we were receiving the banana from and passing it on to and he put put this video together at the end of the day and it was just it was it was really nice to have something sort of light-hearted to do in those times where you couldn't get out and about and and these were with people that I'd, I'd never met before but you know three years down the line I'm still in touch with most of them yeah amazing and then when the world opens up Covid comes to an end had that had your running journey changed had your outlook on running changed or is it just more of the same just with some new people because you've got more involved in in some of these communities online no, there was a definite change. I think that 2019, I really went for it with running. I Again, looking at my my park run record, I did 42 park runs that year and I was doing 10Ks on the Sundays, did lots of them. Um, and then you went from that to absolutely nothing at all. And those runs I did out on my own. You'd have your podcast or your music with you, but it wasn't the same. You sort of really, oh, I really missed missed that running with others 
because that keeps me going when I'm on my own my brain's constantly like we well, better stop in a minute I'm feeling a bit wheezy or um oh, I just can't be bothered and I'll, <laughs> I'll basically be doing fart legs without realizing because I'll just be yeah. stopping every 20 30 meters <laughs> to check my watch or something but so when when we came back out of lockdown I remember very vividly the first park run I did we were in um Cleethorpes we'd, we'd been able to get away for a, a, a few days holiday and I went to Cleethorpes park run and I just had a totally different outlook on it though compared to 2019 where I was constantly trying to I'm going to get faster 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 I've got to beat my my record I just went and thought Christ it's so nice to be out with people again I'm just going to enjoy it and I've tried to stick with that since then and every run I go on no matter how miserable it is or how tired I feel I just think no sorry I, we we would deprive this opportunity for a couple of years you've got to enjoy every opportunity now when you get out and I, I just re- I, f- I found a different way of looking at it now you know if, yeah. I, if I'm feeling tired or I just think I'm not I'm going to start I just I'm just looking around myself now and looking at stuff thinking this is great like this is fantastic yeah uh, good good outlook I like it um words to live by I think from a running perspective certainly um God, we've covered absolutely loads I can't believe we've been talking for over 40 minutes um uh, what's next man what you, you you've adjusted the mindset you uh you've got through covid things are going good what's next for Nick Finney it's not a marathon we know that it's um it's not watching Tottenham lift a trophy certainly so what's what's next man well it's it's a mixture of things really I'm I'm sort of sticking to five and ten k's but I do love a Rasselbock run um, mm. that was a, last this time last year was a real eye-opener because I I had thought I, I did do another half I did the Hackney half in 2019 but without any training and I did suffer doing that I was, I was dead on my legs after about nine miles um, but when we went to Rasselbock I thought oh, I'm, I'm going to go around. if I do two laps that's like 10k that'll be fine I just found that concept of doing a 5k and then stopping for a a cake and a cup of tea and then going out again without any not looking at your watch at all just going out chatting to people and different people each time every every lap did we were sort of running with different people and before I knew it I'd done a half and I I mean I've got no idea how long it took me but my my Strava because if you don't put it on Strava it doesn't exist my Strava says I did 15 miles that day which is the furthest I'd ever gone and the next day I didn't feel too bad either. The knee wasn't wasn't as bad as I would have expected it to be. So I, th- I won't do a one-off long distance, but the the um, Rasselbock concept I really like. I really enjoyed doing that, and I will definitely be doing more of those. But just those and sort of fight my park runs and maybe a couple of 10Ks a month if if the knee holds out. Because at the moment. Um, I'm having physio on it. Uh, the arthritis has got worse over the last few years. So the actually, while I think of it, the, the physiotherapy exercises that have given me look suspiciously like um, strength and conditioning exercises that I've been avoiding ever since I started running. So That might be part of the problem, Nicholas. <laughs> uh, very good. Well, listen, man, we, we've... We've not even scratched the surface or something. We've not even talked about your book. Five star rated on Amazon. 
yes. uh, the, the bumps ahead, um, talking all about your journey uh, through pregnancy and 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 the the not so straightforward journey uh, through pregnancy that you guys had. You you write, of course, for the podcast as well. There's 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 many layers to the onion that is Nick Finney, isn't there? Well, yeah, yeah. The book was another lockdown project. It was it was something that I'd had in the back of my mind for a good twenty years. Um, and then when lockdown came, because I I wasn't working anymore to to fill the time. Well, I had plenty of time to to do the writing. I, I joined a a book group on Facebook actually with a guy called Michael Heckel, and he basically taught us how to write a book. So, well, more not writing as such, but how to get it out there. So to, to get it onto Amazon, to publish it, to promote it, that kind of thing. And I really, I really enjoyed doing that. It was one of those things that once I got my teeth into it, I, I started writing it in June, I think, June 2020, and I had it published by the September and this this group that Michael set up has now he's he's now got over 140 authors. But I, I I'm proud to say that I was the the one who got there first. I mean, it was pretty shoddy how I put it all together, but I got got my book published um, first out of all of them. Thankfully, it's been um, reworked now by a friend, so it looks a lot more professional than the the original version that I cobbled together. Uh, and uh, and well worth a read and downloadable on uh, Kindle from Amazon for just 1.99. I would strongly recommend. That, somewhat, uh, that, that you all take a read of it. Uh, Nick, before I let you go, brother, anything else we've not covered? Anyone you want to say hello to? Anything you want to mention? Uh, anything at all, sir? I would like to say hello to all the Fartlek gang. Um, I do appreciate being part of this community. I, I think what we've spoken about today, I would not have spoken about it had it not been for this group and, and feeling that this is a safe safe space to talk. And, and the fact that you in episode 100 and, and others um, like Paul Griffiths, for example, have, have spoken so eloquently about mental health issues in the past. It, it made me feel almost guilty that I wasn't talking about it, because if it helps one person and if, if anyone wants to talk to me about it, they're you know, I'm more than happy to, to have a chat. But if it helps anyone, then it's I should be talking about it, not not keeping it to myself. I love it. Love it. Listen, mate, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for opening up. Um, it, I found it incredibly interesting, very, very moving. Um, and I think it will help people, even if it's not directly living with the same uh, thing that you're living with. I think just the, the story of, of how to cope and how to move forward um, is is a damn good one. So people give you a follow. Uh, Dirt Monkey on the old Instagram, isn't it? Dirt Monkey 73, yes. 73. I won't, I won't explain why it's Dirt Monkey because... No, we've not got time. Uh, <laughs> well, that's it, man. Thank you so much for your time. And, uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll see you soon, I'm sure. Okay, thank you very much for having me on. And there you go, my tiny little pal, Mr. Nick Finney. Yeah, I'm not even going to lie. Um, I've, not, I've not listened to it yet, but I'm 100% sure. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's because you haven't sent it me on Drive yet. That's what no, it is. Well, you, you could have faked it. You could have made it work. Oh, yeah, absolutely awesome chat with Nick Finner. Uh, his, bearing his soul to us, uh, telling us his story. And, and such an awesome, awesome chap. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys loved it as well. How was that? Does that, that work? Every damn day. <laughs>
Um, did he did he get his wooden spoon out? He didn't get his wooden spoon out, no. Um that, that was that wasn't the euphemism euphemism either. No, no, it wasn't. Let's not let's not degrade the conversation that was very powerful. No, uh, and uh, and thank you very, very much to Nick for um for doing that. I know it's not something he's spoken about publicly before. I don't think he's ever really spoken about it to too many people privately either. So um for him to come and share that and talk about a particularly difficult time in his life, huge. And I caught up him at Rasselbock as well, and I know that it did mean a lot to him, and it meant a lot to me. I was very privileged and, and honoured that he trusted me to, to 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 take care of him and, and, and to share it the right way. And um, and if it does resonate with anybody, uh, Nick referenced a charity called Beat, um, who helped him. And uh, there are other charities uh, out there. You can also speak to your GP, health professional. Um, there's lots of people, family, friends, don't suffer alone. Um, whether it is an eating disorder or whether it's something else that is impacting your life, that you know, the, the first big step, as hard as it sounds, is to to speak to somebody. And and um, and I'm really grateful that Nick chose to spoke to me to speak to me this week. So um, yeah, thanks, buddy. I love you very, very, very much. Um, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got an old familiar, an old favourite coming. Mm, we certainly with, have. With with plenty of, uh, of of park runs to talk about, given how long the uh, series break is, and the fact that it's been New Year. Hey, I tell you what, before we do, you were you went on a park run streak, didn't you? I did. Yes, I was uh, ever present for uh, all of uh, what one week, two weeks. Two. I, 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 Two so weeks, if, yeah. if you inc- if you include New Year's Day, yes, you yeah. you you were ever present. You've done every park run this year until week three when you didn't. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, I did. What 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 did we do? For New Year's Day or oh, Graves? I did Graves, a Sheffield uh, park run, and mm. then I did Brother Valley, another Sheffield park run. <laughs> yeah, travel. Yeah, this 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 segment's not about you, Matt. Uh, better never. How we doing? Yeah. All good, thank you. All good. Yeah, good, thanks. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New Series. Are Happy we... New Series. Are you all right. Series nine. Series nine. Yeah, sound, yeah. Another day, another day, another dollar. Absolutely. Goes by. Right. Excited, excited. The podcast is back. It's been a bit weird on Thursdays, driving to work and uh, not having something to listen to other than local radio, which is crap. Um, it's not, not a patch on the podcast, is it? Correct, correct. I didn't even toy with finding a different one because I didn't want to test my loyalty. That'd be cheating, wouldn't it? And you might find something that reflects a higher standard of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think we very much depend on people not listening to other podcasts to realise how poorly produced and executed this one is by comparison. As long as people think this is what a podcast is supposed to sound like, then we're okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so we've got lots to talk about, Ben and Emma. Uh, also, Ben, you've talked a lot then. Emma, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, just che- just check, just checking. You know. yeah. um, good. Uh, guys, it's been like weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, I'm sure Ben has got a very structured response to this question. Where have you been for parkrun, guys? Oh, I've got about a four-page essay here, so just sit yourself down and strap yourself in. 
It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> I think I'm under strict instructions to keep this quick. Right. So, let's, uh, let's see how you can do it. I'm going to start. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got. Hanging on, hanging on. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got. Wait a minute. Emma's getting involved as well. Stopwatch. So. Right. I'm right. ready. I will press play when you are. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so since Wilmslow, where we uh, had quite a momentous day, um, we have visited six other park runs. Uh, thankfully, that number was increased due to Christmas Day and New Year's Day falling on Sundays, which meant we got double park run two weeks in a row. Uh, first week, Christmas Eve, we went to Potter Newton, which is in Leeds, um, a tarmac tarmac course, two and three quarter laps with a tiny little bit of trail. And it's bloody hilly. There's over 100 foot of elevation on each lap. Um, so it was a bit tough, but it was good. We, we, we had a good, good run around there. A bit of a water feature in the middle, which was a flooded path. Uh, just run through the middle of it. Uh, and we were greeted with chocolate orange cake filled with profiteroles at the end, uh, which was uh, grateful because there was no decent cafes in the area. Uh, and then on to the following week. So the next day, yeah, the next day we went to Christmas Day, of course. We went to Bolton Park Run. Um, we were in fancy dress as Mr. and Mrs. Santa. Uh, that one was also really hilly, which is just what you want the day after a hilly park run. Mm. It's two laps, uh, the second lap shot than the first one. There's a hill that is called Cruella de Hill. It is, yeah, nice. it is horrible. One guy ran up it that fast. He was throwing up. He, he insisted he wasn't hungover. He said he'd just over-egged it and he'd had a coffee beforehand. Anyway, that's all tarmac. A uh, bit of trail, but compact gravel. Is it a bit of compact gravel? No, I did think about writing compact gravel, but it definitely wasn't compact. Oh, oh Emma. Just a second. Mistake. Not understanding compact. your gravel. Can I just say compact gravel for Neil Marshall, please? Yeah, go on then. Compact gravel. Uh, ben got position bingo, number 96. And then, of course, we didn't go to a cafe because it was Christmas Day. Went to Ben's mum's and had bacon sandwiches. We did indeed. It was lovely. Uh, so on to New Year's Eve. Um, Emma was working on New Year's Eve. So that meant I was meant to be going solo, but I dragged a few friends along as well. So we had McPauley, Leo... Jordan and Rachel come with me so I don't know what name you can make out of that have fun with that one Matty while you're in the background doing nothing else um that was four laps four laps well three and three quarter laps and it was equally as hilly as the previous two we did I did three ridiculously hilly ones in a row I stupidly bought a pair of vapor flies in the sales and thought oh, I'll take them to Dewsbury and give it a bash Poof, what a waste of time that hill was absolutely disgusting um but it was fun. We all we all had good runs. Jordan and Leo ran. Uh, Jordan and Rachel ran together. Leo came second. McPauley put in a good effort, and it's it's a lovely little park run in a lovely little um, park, obviously. Um, and, um, <laughs> Funny enough. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was a very misty and muggy day, but we we went for a lovely breakfast afterwards, just a bit further down the road, heading back towards the motorway as we were heading home in a place called Osset. Uh, Cafe V, the Bistro. It was very, uh, very suave, and uh, yeah, we all had we all had a nice full English breakfast. Apart from Leo, who's just too healthy and doesn't do anything fatty. But yeah, that was Dewsbury. Lovely part run. No 5K challenge apps on that one. Matt, have you, Mc... come, up with the, have you come up with the name? Yeah, McLeo and Old Shell. 
That was what? shit. That was really Mc, shit. Leo and Ord Shell. Where's my name? Yeah, where's Ben? Where's ben? Leo and Ben. Leo, ben. So Leon. Leo, Leon Leo is for Leon. N for Ben. Ord. Ben gets Ord. one letter. E N. Unbelievable. I'll take it. I'll take it. And moving on. New Year's Day. But moving on, Matt, just stop. Just stop. Um, the week after, <laughs> day after, we went on New Year's Day, we went to Dishley in Loughborough, or Luga Baruga, as Ben likes to call it. <laughs> one, of my, of course one, of, does. one of my friends was at a train station in Guildford once getting the train back to Sheffield, and this Aussie bloke went up to him and said, Excuse me, mate, can you tell me when the next train to Luga Baruga is? <laughs> that was a really good accent as well <laughs> and he meant Loughborough obviously so ever since my mate told me that about 10 years ago it's always been known as Luga Baruga so anyway back to end. Uh this one was almost a one lapper which is very rare um, there's just one little bit where it's it's all trail and grass you start and do a lap of a field then you go off along the canal out and back on the canal and then you just double back a bit on that first field um it it's totally flat it could be fast if it wasn't so so muddy so when you turned back along the canal it was just like just so hard you could see everybody's like slowing down uh, there was also swans in the pathway you know you just yeah just not not what you want you just don't want to get anywhere near them there's no way no way to avoid them um but yeah it was a lovely little part run um no 5k challenges and we went to mcdonald's afterwards yeah not very without much. me and we teased you rob didn't we i sent you a picture of four hash browns just to just to get you going but then so that was new year's day and then the week after we we stayed local for some non-eventful rother valley park run so moving on from that one quickly we went to bro <laughs> i'm kidding i'm it's kidding fair. it's fair it's fair it was it's it was not, just wet not. and horrible wasn't it <laughs> just 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 jumping in ben shell mcleod no ben ben shell mcleod yeah that'll do i like it yeah it's it's, it's better than the first one yeah, yeah he, just, he just had to make up for his uh, mistake. Mm. Um, so back to back to Rother Valley. Obviously, we we joked with you, and well, I joked with you, and said we were going elsewhere, and we thought we'd surprise you along with a whole host of other people that turned up. And uh, why were we going to Rother Valley, Rob? It was my one hundredth park run. Whoop whoop. Black shirt? Is it black shirt? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Black you want, sh- I'm, yeah. I'm a black shirter now. I won't get one, but I'm a black shirter. <laughs> Just get one, Rob. It's about 16 quid. Don't be so tight. Okay. Sorry, Ben. Um, but yeah, that was that was an interesting one. We had Sophie Beswick come with us as well. She was staying local to us, so we brought her down with us for a bit of tourism for her, but not for us. That's my third most attended park run, that, by the way. I've I just reached double figures on that park run. Ten I've now how done. Many, how many park runs out of interest, Ben, have you attended more than once? I think it's 11. I think it's mm. 11. Three of them three of them are 10, 21 and 23. And then I think all the others are, are like twos. Mm. Interesting. So, um, but yeah, that was a, a wet and windy day. It was horrible, wasn't it? That starting straight, mm. just running into headwind. Coming around the, what I class as the horrible side of Rother Valley, because it's on the limestone compact gravel. Um, 
it's uh, it was nice because we yeah. had a tailwind. We actually the wind, did. Have, didn't we? But then you turned back around that bottom that bottom corner, which I always call the fast corner because you can really pick up some speed around there, and you were just hit with a wall of wind. It was horrible. Good morning, didn't we? You got your little shout out. Didn't somebody? Didn't somebody else like take your thunder? And uh, yeah, there was someone else, and they and they had a balloon. You didn't get me a fucking balloon. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and also someone was talking to me. It was Matt. <clears throat> Matt was talking at me, and I didn't hear it. And it was like, right, well, that's ruined. Actually, it was it was Matt and Beth were both talking at me in different ears, and then everyone started clapping. I was like, oh, well, there we go. Unbelievable. I, t- I told the RD to give you a shout out. Matt, he had one job to bring a balloon and he didn't do it. You've ruined it, Matt. Yeah. I'm such a, lo- I'm such a Luga Baruga, aren't I? You are such a massive Luga Baruga. <laughs> Luga Baruga, mate. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. yeah. So, so that was that. And then we all went to Starbucks, didn't we? And we had, a, yeah. we had some M bake, some vegan brownies. They were lovely. Thank you, Emma. Yeah, yeah. And um, we all had coffee, and we were joined by the likes of John Flynn and Alistair and Lisa, and uh, Sophie was there, Laura Blackwell was there, and Slacky, Slacky came. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it was a it was a lovely morning, wasn't it? It was great, and I'm very very grateful to everyone who came, and also everyone who sent me a nice little message to say, "Well done on your hundred. Oh, happy, happy, happy man. <laughs> Good. Right. Well, why don't you tell them about where we've been in the most recent Saturday, just uh, just a few days ago, Robert, because uh, you were there again as well. Uh, Brownstone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good. Yeah, we went to Brookstone. <laughs> uh, so, uh, oh shit. Right, I've got. I'm on the spot now. It is in Leicester. Correct. Ah, uh, just off Junction Twenty One. Very good, very yes. good. Um, not far off at all. It no, is a two-lap two course, although the laps vary. Um, mainly run on tarmac. However, the start and finish take place on grass, which is interesting. Uh, and it does have a small trail uphill section in the middle. Uh, I imagine it would have the potential to be quite fast, given its undulation and, uh, and, and, long flat and long downhill sections, which are good underfoot. However, in the weather and conditions that we had this week, uh, it was not. It was neither. It was wet. It was windy. It was horrible. I nearly fell over about 17 times. Multiple people called me a condom. Um, uh, it was... It was Generally, that video, pretty, of you, that video of you running up that last hill with your hood up, you just it, it just it's comical. I love yeah. it. In the starting video, actually, I was I was watching the starting video and I'm like, where where were them lot behind us? And then I just see this big yellow condom bobbing along, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's <laughs> I had I had my hood up on my windbreaker. That's literally it. I'm sorry for wanting to keep dry. Um, and yeah, and that was it. And it was it was it was good. The volunteers were really nice. Um, I ran with Paul and Emma. We had a lovely chatty one. Uh, Pete Marshall won it. Not that it's a race. Um, Sophie and Ben were in hot pursuit, as was Simon. Um, Joe watched and filmed and called me a condom. <laughs> and then we went to a calf. Well, no, we went to a beef eater that was closed. Then we went Open. to. 
No, the beef eat was closed. Oh, it was oh sorry, open but full because we didn't think to book. So then we went to a hungry horse, which was closed, or so I thought, because Google said it didn't open until twelve. So then we started planning going to another beef eater, and then Ben pointed out the door was open, so we just went in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great story. Um, and then and then Ben had this massive tortilla chip on his burger. That was weird. And an egg. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, Simon. Oh, Simon. Was, yeah. Simon and Pete. Ben had breakfast. Yeah, they had this like weird Mexican breakfast egg burger thing. Mm. Uh, I had a sausage sandwich that I'm pretty sure had proper butter on it, but I just didn't, I don't want it. And it was nice, and we warmed up, and then we drove home. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not, pretty much it. Not bad. The reason we went to Brownstone was because Pete Marshall was uh, the original reason was Pete Marshall messaged us and said, "I'm coming up for Rasselbock. Can I meet you halfway on Saturday morning?" Uh, for tourism so again we had sophie still staying close by because she's working up here so uh, originally it was just going to be four of us but then i thought oh, i'll mention it to joe and simon and uh, you and mcpaulie and uh, you all came and it was great and we had a great time a good laugh and uh, yeah some good videos of us all slipping as we hit that final uphill straight um then again in his vapor flies sliding up the hill <laughs> If you zoom in on my video and you see me come around the corner and onto the, hit the grass, my legs are going everywhere. It's, it was quite funny, actually. Like, like Bambi on ice. Literally. Uh, but we enjoyed it, didn't we? And uh, we, all had, we all had good runs and it was a lovely park run. And Simon's done it 97 times now. Uh, used to be his local. So fair play to him. He's going to have to go back three more times now just to get that single ton achievement on uh, 5K Challenge. Mm. Uh, something I'll probably never ever achieve, and I'm okay with that. Uh, peace. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, that, that is a summary of your six park runs since we were last uh, last on air. Wonderful, and it was completed in under 14 minutes. But normally you can't do one park run in under 14. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. You've you've set the marker now. <laughs> Don't get me started. I've got loads more I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, if you want to hear more, let me. Although there was, there was another incident of I'm pretty sure Ben, I'm pretty sure we caught Ben up selling the 5k app to someone while barcode scanning at Brownstone again. So. No, no, she was she was talking to me about how she was training for a half marathon. Bless her. I couldn't get a, I could not get a word in edgeways. Can you believe it? I, could I cannot not believe it. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I did, but the same thing when I'm barcode scanning. I always say, "Did you enjoy that?" And uh, and she just went off on one, took on, took on a complete rant about, no, I didn't enjoy it. I've done five miles before and then I've just run this and now I've got to run two miles home and I'm trading for a half marathon. They're really difficult. And I was, I was like, I know, I know. Great. I'm trying to scan people's barcodes here. I, well done. <laughs> but I was polite. I was polite. Good. Uh, good. Let's hope Hopefully she doesn't. To this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, good. Okay, so that was that's park running. We're going to be getting more park running updates from you guys as the series goes on. But there's something else big happening in this series. Uh, mm. We have got the return of the Park Run Cup. Uh, it's happening very soon. There's some big announcements about the launch of it that need explaining. So why don't I hand over to you two to uh, give us a little bit of a prelim, um, uh, bit of an explanation and, and, and a bit of a roadmap. So we currently have 98 people signed up. 
Um, if anybody else is wanting to join, if they can fill in the Google form, which uh, I, I'm assuming, Rob, if, are you going to repost it? It's currently, I will repost it, but it is currently, if you go on our Instagram page, um, it's linked in our bio. Cool. So if anybody still hasn't joined yet, wants to join, you've got until midday on Saturday to join. We'll be doing the live draw on Sunday at half past seven. Um, and then the competition itself will start on the 28th, Saturday the 28th. And the first round will be three weeks. So you've got three weeks to have your first park run attempt. Yeah, I mean, you haven't, you haven't left anything for me to say now, have you? Awesome. Did, we, did, did we cover, sorry, Em, did you <clears> cover <throat> when we're going to be doing the draw? Yes. yes. You did, yes. sorry. Was he not sorry. listening? No, I zoned out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, you know what? You know, after asking it, I thought, how can I spin this and not sound like an utterly rude bastard? And then I realised yeah. I can't. So I'm just going to have to admit it. I'd zoned out. I, I, I'm really tired. I've been up since half five. I'm so sorry, Emma. Um, yes. So, um, so yes, we, we've got the draw, which, which is going to be excellent if I can stay awake through it because um, I'm useless. Uh, are we going to be are we gonna, like last year was big? Are you going? How are you going to top it? Oh, I think the participants will top it this year. I think uh, I think the fact that we've we've had a taster of it last year and there's nearly twice as many people entered in this one, which is why we're going to have to shorten the rounds down um, because otherwise we're going to still be doing this this time next year if we yeah. go down for a final two and little. Little teaser, the way it's looking with numbers, we could very well have a um, uh, more than two in the final, basically. Yeah. Um, it might be it might be spread out over the country. It might be all localised. You might get all the Bognarians in the final or whatever. But uh, it's looking like we're going to have multiple finalists this year because of the numbers. Uh, again, it's something that does work and they all compete against each other on the final. It's still one versus one up until the final, but then in the mm. final, because of the numbers and how many weeks it's going to take, we could very well have multiple finalists this year. Which would be really exciting. Um, and also, whilst logistically more difficult to organise, could mm. lead to an even more exciting in-person final if we can make it work. Absolutely. If, we, if we've got one in the south, one in the north, East and one in the northwest. If we can get encourage people to get over to them, and uh, and support them in their in their attempts in the final, then that'd be amazing. We'll we'll be at one of them. We will yeah. be at one of them. And uh, and then how equally? Um, how are you going to top the um, the draw? Because last year we had wigs, we had sunglasses. Oh. oh. <laughs> or is it a secret? Or have you not thought of it yet? Um, um, we've not thought of it yet, so it's a secret. Okay. I've got something lined up. You've just given me an idea. I have an idea. Uh, you guys yeah. haven't got kids, have you? That doesn't make it's, any sense. Yeah. Matt, Matt was wanting to sing along. Yes, I was. I'm just thinking about how long the uh, the, the draw is going to be. It took it took a good while to draw it all out last year. So with a double of the numbers, it's going to be a long ass night. <laughs> well, well, last time it was like draw somebody out, tell a few facts about that person. We, we may have to have it a bit more of a quick fire draw. <laughs> what, what, what she means when she says we. 
<laughs> what she means is Emma's going to have to make Ben do bullet points again. Because <laughs> it worked really well this one. <laughs> I'm going to be gagged in the corner. Is that my outfit? <laughs> That's after Ben. <laughs> hey, there we go. Um, master. <laughs> Good. Um, That's weird. Um, we've already we've already spoken about it, and uh, it's very much going to be Emma drawing the names, and I will just reel off a couple of bullet points per per participant. But we'll try and make it fun, and uh, we'll try and keep you engaged, and uh, hopefully as many of you can tune in as possible. And uh, we can't wait for the banter to begin between participants. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 I can't wait to find out who gets Matt because everybody is going to be on their side and not Matt's. Oh, and so, also, uh, and also, Matt can't run, so mm. it it's not going to be difficult. Like I want to draw Matt because if I draw Matt, I might go through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want Matt. Kind of my my, my 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 only chance. About six people got injured at Rasselbock. I want one of them. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Be kind to us, Emma. Be kind. I want someone who can't run. Um. Preferably someone fast so that the difference between them walking park run and their actual PB is as big as possible because I still would need that buffer. Um, okay, cool. Park Run Cup, amazing, amazing, amazing. You guys smashed it last year. You're going to smash it this year. I'm very excited for it. Um, it's going to be a boss time. So please do sign up if you are intrigued. Uh, you've got until Saturday. Um, that's that then. There we go. Uh, no roll call this week, guys. I'm really sorry. Um, Matt's fault somehow. So I think we need to get in some thank yous and then and then go home. Um, I need to go to bed. So who's gonna start me off? Who? What? Ben? Are you gonna hit us uh, with some thank yous? No, I think it should be Matt because he's done bugger all else in this. Yeah, segment. he has. He has been, he, I'm pretty sure he's asleep. Matt. Fair enough. Uh, thank you to Graham Lindley for the super awesome theme music. Thank you to JP for editing all this and, and coming on and, and helping us out. Thank you to you, Rob, for doing everything you do and uh, chatting with the interview guests. Uh, thanks to uh, Dirt Monkey for joining us for that as well. Awesome chat and awesome story from him. Uh, thank you to Ben. Ben How do you know you've not listened to it? I know it's going to be an awesome story from him <laughs> because he's an awesome, awesome chap and he's down with the cool kids. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you to Ben and Emma uh, for their part run chats. Thank you to Ben, especially for a bullet point in this week. That were awesome. <laughs> well, thank you to Ben for his abridged version. <laughs> Have we had any swear words in this yet? Matt, you bastard. <laughs> Are you taking it until next week now? <laughs> you wait. You wait until next week. <laughs> uh, is there anybody else to thank you? To thank you? To thank uh, Thank you, Matt, for your uh, very professional yes. uh, approach. Well, well, what about Jack Penfold and Statman John? Uh, he's, he's done that all. Yeah, Statman John, thank you for not uh, trying to get uh, back with my mum this week. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, long may that continue. Uh, the newsletter guys? Oh, yes. Thank you to the newsletter guys. Um, Nick Finney, uh, Dirt Monkey, uh, I forgot who it is now, uh, Claire, Running Mum, um, Jamie D, and also McPaulie. <laughs> good job mate good job um, Emma where can people find us if they want to give us a follow get in touch find out more about my fartlek family uh, we're on Facebook Instagram Twitter YouTube and TikTok 
Um, we've got a website, www.whatthefartlet.com. You can get in touch via email at whatthefartletpodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we've got a wonderful WhatsApp group if you want to join. It's absolute chaos. Um, it's, it's good chaos. fun. Yep. And you can f- listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music and Google Music. And yeah, I think that's about it. Mm. I think the website as well and you can actually listen to the podcast. I don't know why you'd want to, but you can. Um, thank you, uh, Ben, I feel like I'm not giving you anything to do in this bit. So what? Uh, what are your five favourite fruits? Go. Banana, apple, grapes, strawberries and raspberries. Oh, nice. Mm. Raspberries. Never used to like raspberries, but I've kind of got into them lately. I miss blueberries out of that. I love blueberries as well. I like a, I like a sour fruit. I like, a, pi- I like a pineapple. I like a kiwi. I like a kiwi. A pineapple. Rob, I just named the first five I could think of, but they're definitely not my favourite fruit. <laughs> what did you do <laughs> then? Do you want my favourite favorite five? Let me think. Oh, oh, me think. you made this long. You Go asked. Go on. Uh, Right, number, number one is banana, yeah. number two is grapes, number yeah. three is blueberries, number four satsumas, yeah. number five is strawberries. There you go. Okay, good. You should have just asked him what his Instagram handle were. Well, I've not told you he's on the show next week yet, have I? Jumping the gun. No one's going to ask me he's on the show next week. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I hate I hate you guys. Um, uh, next week, we've got a returning guest. Mm-hmm. Oh. We've got a, a two times. So, all the way back in series. Matt, keep me honest. Two, three, two, two. You keep you keep talking and I'll double check. Okay. So, we interviewed a long time ago. Some kind of series way back when. One of our most popular ever guests. Top ten of our all-time uh, top 10 listen get two guests uh laura jones of we are fearless fame i'm gonna say Ooh. series two i think it was was it series two um we'll take it we'll take it it works anyway so um so laura came on to talk about her running journey awesome 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 um and she spoke a little bit about her brand her community a collective um her career uh, we are fearless um which is uh, they do absolutely awesome it's a big part of the uh, of the online running community and uh, and and make a big difference in a lot of people's lives um laurie asked uh got in touch uh, and wanted to come back on to give us a bit of an update of where she's up to and more specifically what we are fearless are up to so this chat's less about laura and it's more about fearless it's about um some of the stuff they've been up to with their fundraising antics and their in-person meetups um and how they've been trying to grow their community but also some of the amazing and they are amazing i'm not gonna give any of them away uh, things that they've got planned in for 2023 um which is going to be very exciting to uh, be a part of and to uh, get involved with and that we're going to keep plugging away and supporting uh, because that's what friends do for each other. And Laura is a good pal. So, yeah, that's what we're doing next week, chaps and chapette. Awesome, Ooh. awesome stuff. It was Series 4, Episode 8 for Laura you, Jones. So you were nowhere near. I was nowhere near. I was miles off. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, ben, where can people find you on the old Instagram? If you want to give you a follow? 
So I am at top five fruits. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, at Sheffield underscore Strider. And Emma? I, that's it's my job to ask. Oh, the sorry, go on. Uh, Emma, where can I find <laughs> How about you, Matt? At uh, one mile, Matt. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, at Luga Baluga Baruga. <laughs> Luga Baruga. Luga Baruga, mate. I'm at Owls if you want to give me a follow. Yes, yep. don't know why I would. But uh, Rob, what about you? I'm at Little Runner Boy Rob. So, yes, no roll call as we said this week, but just a huge shout out to all of you getting through the longest month ever in existence, January. Uh, I swear it's been going on for about a year and a half. Um, whether you made New Year's resolutions and stuck to them, whether you made New Year's resolutions and decided they weren't quite for you, whether you thought New Year's resolutions weren't for you in the first place and you're just plodding along, you are doing excellent, you are amazing and you are enough. Don't put too much pressure on yourself at this tough time of year. Just remember that we care, we love you and you need to love yourself as well. Um, we will see you on the flip-flop next week. Uh, keep being amazing. May your runs continue to be wonderful. Be excellent to each other. Uh, be kind or just fuck off, you knobhead. And uh, we will see you very, very soon. Say goodbye, Ben. Goodbye, Ben. Say goodbye, Emma. Bye, Emma. Say goodbye, Tiny Tim. Goodbye, One Mile Matt. <laughs> What sound are we, we having to, to finish off the episode? Cruella de Hill. Cruella de Hill. What? That was awful. Cruella de Hill. <laughs>